Bel- Belichick's lost a, he's lost a step to I'm me. I'm not going to do I, this. I'm not going to do this. The identical twin bond is a very powerful thing. This is Annex Squared. Dude, I can't be the only one that got chewed up by the NFL this week. Man. Anyway, it is October 11th, 2022, Tuesday. This is Annex Squared. I'm Jason Annick, joined by the voice of the UFC, John Annick. Dude. I got crushed, man, but it doesn't mean it's not fun to talk about. I actually love talking about when I get crushed. It makes me laugh. It is what it is. But, dude, before we get into the National Football League, you got a, you got some stuff going on in your house. The last 24 hours have been a little, little nuts for you, huh? All three kids are home. I have one of them to my immediate right. She's battling through a uh, 103.1 fever right now, but we'll get Annex squared in. And I have to say, week five seems so daunting. Just looking at the board, never mind the fact that we're putting these selections in on Tuesday. So to get out of the Circa 4 contest at 2-2-1, two, two, and one, I will take it every day of the week, given the way that board was. You know, it seemed like every time I tried to ingest sharp information, they either were picking the Miami Dolphins or giving out a prop bet to try to avoid <laughs> playing the games against the spread. So uh, happy with the 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Happy to still be uh, beating you, and off we go to week six. So the 2-2-1 two, two, and one was what, how we fared in the Circa Pro Football Contest. So we pick five games every week against one another, and then at the end of the week we submit five from the two of us to this contest, right? So 2-2-1, two, two, and one, we'll get into the contest later. We're going to quickly go through our head-to-head picks from last week. Um, don't even get me started. I could do the whole show just on my five from last week. So... We went into last week through four weeks. John, 11 and 9, two games up, uh, over 500. I was 500 at 10 and 10. So this week for me, the results 1, 3, and 1, a paltry board for me. One win, three losses, one tie, and a clean 3 and 2 for you. So we'll get into the individual picks. I'm going to get into mine first. So anyone who tuned in last week knows I picked five favorites, right? So I knew there was going to be some danger there, but I'll start by saying all five won. All five favorites win the game, uh, yet only one of them cashes for me. So I'm going to get into them real quick. The one that did cash, Titans minus two and a half at the Commanders. They come in 21-17. Carson Wentz had an opportunity late in the game, certainly uh, to to put me in a worse position. Um, but ultimately, the reason I bet against Carson Wentz is because I we've come accustomed to him having those moments at the end of game. So Mike Vrabel's yeah. boys did what they needed to do on defense. Titans minus two and a half came in. We'll get to that. That was also a contest play. My second selection, Vikings minus seven versus the Bear, just ends up being a push. Um, so they needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion, believe it or not, just to get up seven. Right. To me, it's like they're up 21-3. I felt pretty good about that one. Would have liked to get that one home. Uh, but either way, my purple and gold now four and one. Packers couldn't get it done in London, so Vikings yeah. alone atop the now NFC. Now you keep bringing North. that up. You should probably remind people of your NFC North futures, of your Super Bowl future on the Vikes. That's why he keeps banging that drum, even though he was lucky to get a push as far as our head-to-head here against the spread is concerned. uh, You're happy with those Vikings futures, and I don't blame you. Yeah, I did the update for you. Yeah, 39-1 to to win the Super Bowl, not saying they're going to punch that ticket. But anyway, so that was my win and my push, my three losses. Bucks minus eight, my, excuse me, Bucks minus eight and a half was the number I got on Tuesday uh, versus Falcons. Yeah, I felt pretty good up 21 nothing going into the fourth quarter. Do um, you though? Because every time you have a lead in a game, you're texting me like, I can't wait to see this thing go sideways. I never feel good. I didn't feel good about Packers minus eight, you know, when they were leading against the Giants. I'm yeah. waiting for the other shoe to drop. But as yeah. you were, 
No, loud and clear. And that's, uh, I've said that ad nauseum. But so, so from that game, I assume you saw the play where Tom Brady, late in the game where there was a penalty called on a roughing the passer that wasn't. I assume you've seen that play. So anyway, the final score ended up being 21-15. I couldn't help but think the way that game played out that the Falcons were going to get it, get the ball back and maybe get a little revenge on that 28-3 to Super Bowl from a couple years back. You know, hand Brady, you know, Brady up 21 nothing. That would have been nice for the Falcons. Had they gotten the ball back and that penalty been not been called, uh, could have been a different situation. Nonetheless, though, when you're laying eight and a half, you're happy 21 nothing. I had told you I thought the defense wanted to, you know, put up a low number. They were on track to do that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, my second loss, Chargers minus three versus Browns. You and I were both on this. We did get it at two in the contest. We'll get to that later. Um, you know, a lot of plays happen in the game. So for me to pick the winner here, so I had the Chargers minus three at the Browns. My final selection, Ravens minus three versus the Bengals. Both those teams win by two. I have a minus three. I'm not trying to say a bad beat. A lot of different plays can go different ways, but when you pick the winner in both those spots and neither of them cover, that's a little yeah. bit frustrating. And we'll let you get to yours, uh, but I have to just say in that Chargers-Browns game, I mean, Brandon Staley, bro, it's like he puts his team in a great position to lose many weeks, you know? So so they have the ball, uh, if, you, if you've seen this, for those who haven't. So they had the ball. They're up two points. They have the ball in their own 45 now, this doesn't have anything to do with the spread, but they're up two points. They have the ball in their own 45, a minute 14 to go, fourth and two. And he runs a passing play instead of punting the ball, putting Cleveland in a great position to kick a, a potentially game-winning field goal. Cade York misses a 53-yarder. That's certainly in his range. But either way, Staley just so cute, so cocky in my opinion. Um, that's not really winning football. Nonetheless, they do win the football game in Ravens. My final selection that loses, you had Bengals plus three, Ravens minus three. So one, three, and one. I feel like I got hosed. Talk to me about your five from last Well, week. I think a lot of people, if you're betting the NFL week to week, you feel like there's a game here or there that always goes against you. But it just kind of is what it is. I guess for me, at my advanced age, and I know we were born the same day, same womb, but I'm 26 years into betting on sports. So I'm just conditioned to the ebb and flow. And... You know, at one point, you know, I, I think I was up $400 on Saturday. And then after Green Bay lost outright to the Giants, you know, I was chasing all day Sunday. It kind of is what it is. I was on the Chargers with you. I lost the Dolphins minus three at the Jets. I really liked Miami, but obviously once Teddy Bridgewater got injured, that kind of changed a little bit. And that wasn't necessarily why we lost that bet. Just probably not a great lay by me. Saints minus five and a half against the Seahawks. They're able to uh, outlast Seattle and get the cover there. Texans plus seven and a half against the Jaguars. Probably my best bet of the week and the easiest one to make. I mean, I didn't even dig really deep into anything involving that game except for the fact that the Jaguars were laying seven and a half right. and they couldn't even win that game at home. And then the Bengals plus three at Cincinnati. That was one of my favorite bets of the week. I had it at three and a half, had it at three end up getting it home. So, uh, yeah, 14 and 11, uh, at least head-to-head against you after a 3-2 and two in Week 5. And just given how challenging the board felt to me, most challenging board of the NFL season for me since Week 1, we will absolutely take a 3-2. and two. And uh, if you want to say better to be lucky than good, in some instances, so be it. But we are uh, moving on to Week 6, 14 and 11, and we put that 1-4 and four in Week 4 firmly behind us. Yeah, you did. So 14 and 11 for you, 11-13 and 1 for me overall, a two-and-a-half game lead. Just a couple thoughts. You know, the Dolphins play. Um, and anytime you got to check on your girl, you go right ahead. But the, the Dolphins play minus three. I almost had the Jets in my five on our show last week, and you sort of sold me 
on the Dolphins. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, so I wavered a little bit, but that, but that first instinct, you know, the, uh, the Houston Texans plus seven and a half winning the game outright. How did that not make it into the contest for us? You know what I mean? Um, when, you know, whereas you threw the Dolphins in from your five. So I do think it's very interesting how we approach going into the five, because I do think once again, I said this last week, I think we get a little bit away from Tuesday sometimes. And I think we need to stay on Tuesday. I think you alluded to liking the Jets at one point, maybe even Monday when you first looked at the board, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So anyway, um, so a little bit of a lead for you. Uh, you got me on the Bengals on Sunday night. I will say in, the, in terms of the contest picks, we'll get into the five, but we did get the Chargers minus two in the contest, what ended up being a push. So that was the fifth time we've been on the same side in the con- in, on Annex Squared and then in the contest 4-0-1 oh, on those selections. So let's get into the picks for the Circa Million Four Pro Football Contest. You called it the Super Contest last week, not me. Anyway, um, so we... 2-2-1, two, two and one, as John said. So we're 14-10-1 overall. And as you said, when we picked, it was tough board. When we looked at it Friday, Saturday, it was like, you know, neither one of us wanted to submit it. Whereas on Tuesday, going against you, I don't mind throwing stuff out there. But anyway, so the first election, and I was with you on here, but we went with the Packers in London, minus eight versus the Giants. Felt pretty good up 17-3. to three. Daniel Jones with a high ankle sprain. Didn't know if he was going to play. Um... You know, Brian Dable, who I, like the second episode of our show, I might have talked about him throughout the whole show. But then I sort of was fading his football team a little bit. No more. I mean, Saquon is a real difference maker. That team, you know, beat him outright. But we were on the Packers minus eight. They're never blowouts in London, man. That I, We were certainly not on the right side there. Yeah, I didn't feel great about it even early on. I just leaned too much into Aaron Rodgers talking about the offense not willing to be carried by the defense for an entire season. And uh, again, I thought they got off to a pretty good start. But uh, yeah, I don't think they tackled well. And, uh, you know, I also I love Lafleur. You know how much I love the uh, handsome Matt Lafleur there on the sidelines. Right. But at one point in time, you could read his lips saying to Aaron Rodgers at a pivotal point in the game, like, oh, really? You want to pass here? You know, wow. Pull out your testicles, Maddie. That's your call. Why don't you run the football? I know it was a run pass option, I believe, but I guess I would like to see. I would have liked to have seen Tom Brady stay in New England, right? Like, uh, but I want there to be a pecking order and I want it to go head coach quarterback, even if you're the greatest of all time, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So that I didn't necessarily love seeing that particular visual. I'll be betting against the Packers in week six here, and perhaps that's too reactionary, but you're right. We were on the wrong side in London, and, uh, you know, I hope that this won't give us pause to play the Thursday night game or to play the London game here to four because it's not like we're trying to pick one up on the field and segue into our Sunday 1 p.m. Eastern time at 1-0. I really like the Packers to win by a couple touchdowns. They lose the game outright. So, um, yeah, these are not your father's Green Bay Packers, and they're going to have to prove it to me now moving forward. Well, you, you know, you talk about better to be lucky than good, but are you telling me last week I'm on the wrong side of the Buccaneers-Vikings games? Both, to some extent, you could say backdoor covers. I understand Atlanta had a chance to win the ball game, but... I don't know. Some of these games, man, it's, uh, uh, hey, look, you can be sure I'm going to be playing underdogs moving forward and just gobbling up points because this league, I just think it's tightening up. I don't, I think, you know, you got the Buffalo Bills, you know, some other teams, you know, close to the top, but then I think there's a big drop off. Um, all right. So second loss, we did go with the Dolphins minus three and a half. And 
I wrote on my notes, I was like, this was you, dog. But you did sell me on it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I We had a tough week with this one. I think maybe we got a little cute there with the Dolphins. Any thoughts on that selection? It was three and a half when we took it in the contest. Yeah, That's bad number, bad selection. And uh, I don't really have much more to add on it. Uh, obviously, now that team is banged up. They're on their third string quarterback. Not unlike your New England Patriots. So, uh doesn't mean I won't be backing Miami in the future. I'm probably going to be on them again this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting. I thought you Not necessarily be. in my five, but yeah, nothing more to add on uh, the Dolphins' loser at the Jets in week five. You know, whenever, and you know, it's like you talk about the Dolphins this week, whether you're on them or not, but it's likely going to be the third-string quarterback. I, But I, you, whenever you are on a side, and my first reaction is like, ugh, you're usually right, you know? So, um, like I say, I think you got a little sharper than me. So, anyway, moving on. Those were our two losses in the contest. Our push, Chargers minus two. You know, I'll take it with Brandon Staley just fucking around all day. I'll take the push in the contest. Um, look, they certainly could have lost this game. It, I, to me, that game was so dicey. I'll take the push. And yeah, your guy, that, Cade York, could have cost us that push right there. And it's a good segue into the Titans, which we had minus one and a half against the Washington Commanders. Man, I mean, I felt good in the moment, actually, to be able to get a stop. And Tennessee covered any number that anybody got. Two and a half, three, three and a half, two, right? Covered every number, including the one and a half. But those two games, Chargers and Titans for us, we liked those. We stayed on them, and we go 1-0-1. Easily could have been 0-2. Great point. Um, and, And, you know, it comes down to ultimately... You know, the the two games that I had the three-point favorites that end up winning by two. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, gobble up the points, gobble up the points. Like, I'm not paying attention to the points. Ravens win the football game I on Sunday night against the Bengals. You and I go head-to-head and I lose. And to me, there's no way you're going to find me in a sports book necessarily laying that three with the Ravens on Sunday night. I'll suck it up and take the money line bet all night. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll eat the juice. I don't care. Minus 170. I, that's what I played that night. Minus 170. Still lose to you. Anyway. Um, don't eat the microphone. Back up a little bit. All right. Sorry. Some mic issues today. All right. So we got it. So that's it. Oh, your final tremendous victory. Uh, Cowboys plus five at the Rams. Great call. Twice, two weeks in a row, you're on the Cowboys. I saw plenty of handicappers who I respect on the Rams minus five and a half thought they were going to turn it ra- turn it around and your your Cowboys re- win outright. Micah Parsons to me, not only his relentlessness but the whole team plays with his relentlessness. They're all so confident. To me, he's I understand Jalen Hurts. He, he Micah Parsons is the NFL MVP for me right now, not defensive or otherwise. He's the most valuable player in the NFL for me, bar none. Josh Allen, with respect to everybody else, that guy moves the needle. So much for me. Great call. So we get to 2-2-1. Cowboys are also plus five against the Eagles. Same number in another road game in back-to-back weeks. Dallas my favorite team to watch in the NFL right now. You got Kellen Moore stock in the sidelines. Mike McCarthy, you got to say, maybe a little bit underrated, at least in some ways. I'm not going to sit here and talk about play calling or game management or anything (laughs) historically speaking. But, uh, you know... They're, they seem to be willing to go through a brick wall for that man, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And it's funny. F- Phil Sims was on with Adam Shine. Uh, Shine on sports. Love me some Adam Shine. Um, and so he was just talking about Mike McCarthy and saying how he's like, hey, I think he's lost a few pounds. He's like, 
Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, right? But and then Adam Shine is like, yeah, last year it looked like he was just like sucking on a lemon on the side, like, you know, just a sour face all day. But it really has smoothed out over there and certainly easy when you got that type of defense playing. Um, and Cooper Rush settling everything down. I can't get enough of that football team. And right here on a Tuesday, Cowboys plus five at the Eagles in week six is not in my five. But, you know, the Texans were out of our five in the contest last week. Because I put the Cowboys in, right? So at least we ended up getting a win. But I'm sitting there on Saturday morning, and I'm thinking, you know, Mike McCarthy's saying, we're not underdogs to anybody. You're goddamn right that's a win on the road against the L.A. Rams. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep back in Dallas until uh, until it goes sideways, which very well could be this week because Philadelphia, off somewhat of a lackluster performance, going into the bye in Week 7, I expect a big effort from Philadelphia in Week 6. I hear you. Uh, so before we get into the Week 6 contest picks, uh, I got a couple things from week five. I don't know if, if you do or not. So last week I opened the show saying, you know, the Bailey Zappi era has begun in New England and certainly a little bit tongue in cheek, but 29, nothing for your New England Patriots over, over the hapless Detroit Lions who now sit at one and four. Nobody cares how good the offense was. 0 for six on fourth down. Belichick and that defense is legit. Uh, my question for you, and we'll get into this in picks, but do, do you think the Patriots get to 500 this week and go into Cleveland and win that football game? I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves. I don't but. think they win the game, but the point is, is that it is a winnable game. And so is next Monday night at home against the Chicago Bears. And all of a sudden that would put New England at four and three. Now, one thing that I profess to know better than the NFL as a whole is the New England Patriots. Even when I'm not watching every snap because I'm reading about the team, I know the depth chart. I feel like I know the injury report better on a Tuesday for the Pats, even though Belichick isn't revealing much, than I might know about some other teams. All of that being said, should have had the stones to tell our audience that I absolutely love them against the Detroit Lions, right? But we don't bet on the Patriots a lot, (laughs) so that's like kind of a full disclosure type of thing. But Belichick versus Jared Goff? In that building, I understand it was Bailey Zappi's first career start, but DeAndre Swift is not walking through that door. He was not playing. That's the great equalizer against that New England rushing defense that has not been very good. Amon Ross St. Brown, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. That's my guy on my fantasy team. You know, he's not 100%, right? So it's a banged-up Detroit Lions team that has overachieved offensively going against the greatest coach in professional sports history. Well, and, and and a team coming off a moral victory. I've never seen a team happier to lose a football game than the Patriots in overtime at Green Bay with everything that transpired in that game. If a loss has, had ever felt like a win, it did. But you, that was the game Sunday morning that you, from a gambling standpoint, that's all you wanted to talk about. And you're not necessarily adverse to playing the Patriots. You, I believe you played couple them live. A couple times a year. Well, you played them live plus three and a half against Green Bay last week, and that came in for you. Um So I got one more thing that I just have to talk to you about briefly, and we'll get into the picks. But, dude, all these two-point conversions, man. It's like, call me old school. Can we get a point after try? Like, can we get a point after try? Can you go up seven? Um, So the specific example, you have Chiefs Raiders last night, right? And I don't know if you caught the full football game. And I understand there's some circumstances. Casey ends up going for two. Granted, they have their backup kicker. About six, seven minutes left in the game. So So Kansas City is up seven points. It's 30 to 23. And the Raiders score a touchdown with four and a half minutes left. I understand there's certain circumstances where you would go for two in that circumstance. I, certainly Brian Dable did it with the Giants week one, and, and it paid great dividends. But to me, with four and a half minutes left, your kickers made 40 straight fucking field goals. Like, 
your team punches it in, like tie up the football game. You're, and to me, it's very defeatist. Right? So then after punching it in, right, everyone's celebrating. You're always scrambling to some extent to make sure everyone's ready for the two-point play. But then you don't get it. Then you're still losing instead of rallying to tie the game, right? right. The juice on the, in the, on the sidelines is lost a little bit. And you, you ultimately, to get the two-point conversion, you still got to punch in two touchdowns in a row. You got to punch it in twice. So I just call me old school. I don't care about the analytics. I understand the Raiders had the football back with a chance to win the game, but it happens all day long. It's so fucking cute. Am I alone, man? Well, I'm not aligned with you, but uh, I understand where you're coming from. But I am I am all for aggressive coaching, right? And I was all for Josh McDaniels, what his decision-making led to in setting the foundation for the Raiders to have a chance to go into Arrowhead and win that game on the fourth and one in his own territory, I believe, right? And Brandon Bolden getting that extra yardage to even give them a chance to go for it. You knew, anyone who's followed Josh McDaniels, you knew in that moment you didn't need the announcers to tell you that he was going to go for it. I understand the two-point conversion thing is a little bit of a different conversation. Correct me if I'm wrong, they also went for it at the end of the game and didn't get it, right? They went yeah, for the win late. But, yeah, but but so down, so 30-29, you, and I understand high tech. 2020 but you 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 two-point conversion in every every circumstance yes and if I don't in my hot of hots right I think I have someone analytically in my organization that tells me in those situations on the road that I go for it so I don't have any problem with it I really don't there are certain situations Brandon Staley comes to mind where I would fault the decision making but generally speaking I far more lean aggression and aggressiveness than to uh, to try to kick your extra point that I see these backup kickers miss every other week. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with hindsight, but for me, it's, you know, 10 years ago even, or I've been watching football 40 years, but 10 years ago, you're not having these types of conversations. I... Look, there's a lot of different circumstances in these games. I just see it all day long where it's early on and you're, you know, you, you yeah, I saw the Carolina Panthers against us, you know, in early on in the game, they score a touchdown, they're down 15, like kick the extra point, get well, down 14. Well, I understand in the early like, game scenarios. Like, get and these that guys on coach. the side, all right, we're down two scores, we're down two, get fucking dick around. And to me, I don't think you can, I know I, I'm not trying to belabor the point, but you punch it in the end zone. And then you fail. And then the offense comes to the sideline somewhat defeated instead of giving the special teams and the defense the juice. Anyway. All right. That's quite the rant. Uh, And that head coach was fired. And I hear you on some of the early game situations. Last thing I'll say, we got to get to the picks, right? But last night, Monday Night Football, I hit the Raiders two live bets, plus three and a half and plus two and a half. And again, you know, some of this was a hedge, right? I did have Kansas City on the money line in like some broader picture. But how lucky did I get? I get both those Raiders live bets home and the Kansas City ticket still lives. But again, Raiders go up 7 nothing. We go to commercial. Raiders plus 3.5, minus 110. Uh, maybe lucky to get that home. But uh, again, the live wagering helping me out on a Monday night uh, as we get into week six. No question about it. And anyone who liked the Kansas City Chiefs last night up uh, down 17 nothing certainly was an opportunity. So we're going to get into the f- picks for Week 6 Circa Million 4 Pro Football Contest. So just as a refresher for anyone who hasn't tuned in to Annex Squared every week, we pick five games against each other every week against the spread. In this contest, we will submit Friday or Saturday our five best bets. You get one point for every correct pick, half a point for every push. John, get us started. You got the buys, or you want me to give you the buys for week seven? 
I got the buys listed in front of me. I did a little right. bit of show preparation. Yeah, today. so give us the week seven, not the week six buy, the week seven buys. You have next week's buys. Oh yeah, so you're all right. Yeah, the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles will be going into the buy, and that will factor prominently in some of my selections here today. First bet for us though is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars to bounce back and get a win outright at Indianapolis right now. Jaguars plus two and a half at the Colts. How about this? And this is really neither here nor there, but I thought it was an interesting number. The Indianapolis Colts have zero points in three of the last 11 meetings against the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> that goes back to October 22nd, 2017. So over the last five years, somehow, some way, under whatever regime, the Jaguars have shut out the Colts three times in 11 games. They've also performed quite well at Indianapolis. Now, certainly Indy is banged up. They're probably writhing from the fact that they got shut out at Jacksonville. I know Indianapolis is going to be motivated. I do think there's a chance that you get three later in the week, but I like Jacksonville one through 45 more than I like Indianapolis. And uh, I do think the Jaguars are going to respond under Doug Peterson and uh, hand Indianapolis a loss. I think the Colts are fraudulent, lucky to get a win at Denver. Jaguars plus two and a half. They will regain control of the AFC South and win outright at Indy. Listen to you, 1 through 45. Same shit you said about the Dolphins last week. Didn't do too well. Colts and Jaguars, neither scored a touchdown this week. I leaned Colts. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to play. You've said, and I've heard many Falcons fans say, that Matty Ice just doesn't look like Matty Ice. So we will see there. I tend to be with you there. Uh, Colts were one of my last out, though, I will say. My first selection, don't be mad. Uh, Browns. Minus three versus the Patriots. So I'm excited about the Patriots. Um, the Browns, though, almost beat, to me, one of the best teams in the NFL, the Chargers, this week, and we're right there. To me, the Z the Bailey Zappi sort of honeymoon here might be over. you got Jadevian Clowney, Miles Garrett coming down the pike. I think they're going to give the Patriots offensive line some trouble here. Certainly, if the Patriots' defense can handle the run and can stop Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I do think they could control the game and, and very much have a chance to win, as you said. Uh, but I like the home team here. First selection for me, Browns, minus three. And that'll be my second pick. I'm also on Cleveland this week, so we'll see if that ends up in our five. It probably will have no choice but to be. It'll be the Ramondre Stevenson show, I would think, for New England, and I think you're going to get a look as to what he can bring to the table as the featured back. I do think a guy like that gets 25 or 30 carries a week. He's going to be an absolute monster and potentially a superstar. But that Patriots rushing defense has given up almost 130 rushing yards a game. You know, it's like a top or a bottom eight unit in the NFL going up against the best two-headed monster in football right now, at least as far as the rushing game is concerned. Nick Chubb is awesome. So is Kareem Hunt. And I expect a short game. I expect a lot of clock to be run by New England, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be a problematic road start for Bailey Zappi. And I think Nick Chubb has a good chance to have a monster day. Cleveland minus three. It was minus two and a half hours ago. Cleveland minus three. Home to New England, my second pick for week six. Anytime we, we go against the Patriots, there's an inevitability that there could be an emotional hedge, but that's not the case at this stage in any way for me betting on this team. Maybe it's because I'm getting old, but I'm with you there. 
I like the Browns. My second pick, 49ers minus 5.5 at the Falcons. 49ers are the best defense in football. Getting healthy, got one of the best players on the planet, Debo Samuel, on offense. I think this team's going to the Super Bowl. If I had to pick today, NFC representative, it's the San Francisco 49ers. You know I'm drinking the Jimmy G Kool-Aid all day long. I just think they're so solid, and I think they're going to get better and better and better on offense. I think that it's so clear where they're going and where they're at now with the quarterback situation underneath. So to me, the five and a half, I'll lay it all day. I'm going to be riding San Francisco until further notice. I believe I heard a number on the radio yesterday that Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback during the regular season, has a rating north of 99, and is 35-15 and in his first 50 NFL regular season starts. So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't pass the eye test for me, nor does he for a lot of people, but hard to argue with those numbers, and I can understand why you are on that side. Although, you know I'm never fading the fighting Arthur Smiths as they continue to be a covering machine and overachieving outfit. All right, next play for me. Jets plus seven and a half at Lambeau against the Packers. So Green Bay coming back from London. I don't necessarily love that situation, but Minnesota and New Orleans were both able to win last week and at times both look pretty good doing so. Although neither look great at times either, right? (laughs) So little dissension from the Packers. Perhaps I shouldn't call it that, but it If you're paying attention, you heard uh, Jair Alexander sort of saying, you know, I'm not worried about us now, but if we lose to the Jets next week, I'm worried. That is not at all what you want to hear, and as such, Aaron Rodgers sort of came out critically. I just think the Jets are a pretty good football team. You know, I think they've drafted well, and I think that is starting to bear fruit. You're through a key number. You're getting 7.5. I mentioned the London circumstance. And there's a lot of internal pressure being put on the Packers by themselves. You know, it seemed as though Aaron Rodgers did it to the offense, and now Jair Alexander is doing it to the defense. Now, great football team. I still think they're one of the better football teams, and I love that defense. That's why I laid the eight last week. So, again, as I said off the top of the show, perhaps it is reactionary, but I like the direction in which the Jets are going. Packers prove it to be spot here at home in what has been sort of a difficult three-week stretch for them. Patriots in a game that was harder than it needed to be. Go to London, you lose out right now. You come home, regroup. I don't think they do so enough to cover the 7.5. Jets plus 7.5, one of my best bets for Week 6. No, I wouldn't consider myself a pro better by any stretch, but these handicappers, it's like the Jets and the Giants are still to me undervalued in Vegas and the Patriots still overvalued. Like Tom Brady's been gone for years. I just, I am right there with you. I think the Jets might win the football game. My third selection Jets plus seven and a half to, you know, you, you've said for years, head coach quarterback. And I really believe with Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, they got a nice battery there, if you will. You know, Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez is the last one I can think of, right? That was, and to me, I just, I like the Jets a lot. I like a lot of their playmakers. To me, and what I said earlier about the NFL, I just think so many teams are so, certainly the Patriots could go go in and win a football game. There's just so many games that can go either way. So to me, seven and a half points when I don't, home field advantage, eh, you know, I, I, I'm with you there, Jets. I just think this league's so tightly packed. Give me those points on the road. Jets, seven and a half. All right, next play for me will be the Buffalo Bills minus two and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. I would imagine this closes at three. Buffalo can be had about minus 145 on the money line right now. So that was this the first. Monday night? No, I don't think it's. I can check right now. Why does that matter to you? Well, I'm just curious if you're dropping the Monday nighter as not your last selection. Cowboys Eagles is Sunday night. It probably is Monday night. No, it's night, a but... four o'clock game. Bills wow. and Chiefs. Wow, you'll probably be on a plane. 
Go and you can look that up before the show next time if you so choose. But Bills <laughs> minus two and a half at Kansas City for me. Certainly, I don't have to tell any NFL fan how their playoff game went down last year. I mean, the Buffalo Bills obviously should have won that football game, and we're 13 seconds away from doing so. I don't even know that that factors in the handicap. I mean, Zach Phillips, our producer, could just roll back the tape, you know. But Bills less than a field goal right now. I do expect that it'll close three. Kansas City has a shortened week. They've sort of been up and down, even though when they're going, obviously they're a hard outfit to fade. But Buffalo looks like the class of the AFC right now, and not just against the Pittsburgh Steelers for me. Bills minus two and a half at the Chiefs, not overthinking it in week six. I like it. I'm on that side too, but not in our five. So my fourth selection, the New York football Giants. I'm going Jets. I'm going Giants. Giants plus five at home versus the Ravers. You know, Bill Parcells said a long time ago, you are what you are. Fucking four and one. Okay, they're four and one, and I like the Ravens. Don't get me wrong. I just get, I'm going to gobble up the points. Um, you know, they, the Ravens beat the Bengals, but nothing going away. They definitely tightened some things up defensively. Saquon Barkley has energy to me, kind of similar to Micah Parsons, where he's a very much a galvanizing force when he is able to be on the football field. And the leadership of Brian Dable and the whole coaching staff, to me, you want to give me the five points at home? I'm taking the five points all day. I do sort of like the Ravens to win the game. Daniel Jones showed me a lot playing this week. Hopefully he's feeling better. Some of their receivers didn't make the trip. Hopefully they'll be back. I'm gobbling up points this week. Give me the Giants plus five. Brian Dayball was just so overdue to get a head coaching job. And obviously, as New England Patriots fans, we were acutely familiar with his work. I think we mentioned on our first episode, maybe our second episode, all of your Dayball love, of course. But yeah, I just see Daniel Jones's confidence growing. Of course, the team did not pick up his final year options. So it's going to be interesting. I do think Daniel Jones could end up being the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants, right? It's taken him a while to sort of figure it out, and he's still figuring it out. I shouldn't say that he has figured it out. But uh, the power of being able to make plays with your feet in the modern-day NFL cannot be overstated, and that's why I just don't understand. That's why I understand why the Giants took the risk and took Jones at six overall, and I don't understand why Lamar Jackson was just left on the board to fucking wilt by these idiots in these front offices. Um, By the way, I did mention Bills minus two and a half at the Chiefs. Buffalo is going into the bye, so I do expect a big effort uh, for more reasons than one. Let me interrupt you for a sec. Just in terms of the Giants, real quick, Dable, you remember week one, he's ripping Daniel Jones on the sideline before they come back and win that football game, and he probably needed that. You know, it's like, you know, these other guys, Matt Rule, everyone's always a nice guy. He's like, treated everyone great. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. All right, last pick for me. I'm going to crumple up my paper. Chargers minus five, home to the Denver Broncos. I mean, maybe if Russell Wilson doesn't play, I'll hold back my Uh max bet. I'm fading Matt Ryan, and I'm fading Russell Wilson, right? I mean, I could fade Nathaniel Hackett. Isn't it amazing his name has Hackett? Unbelievable. In it, Nathaniel can't hack it. Chris Berman, you can have that for free. I mean, what am I missing, right? Like, I like the Chargers. Obviously, there's some things that have prevented them from being a covering machine. Still doesn't look like Keenan Allen is going to play in week six, but it's less than a touchdown right now. I just think the Broncos can't get out of their own way. I mean, Russell Wilson looks so indecisive and just deer in the headlights. And obviously in our text message threads, we've all had a lot of fun with, uh, you know, Broncos country, let's ride. Where are we going, Russ? Where are we going? To the basement of the AFC West, which was exactly what I forecasted at the beginning of the season. Chargers minus five, my final pick for uh, for week six. He had a little uh, cortisone shot of something in his shoulder, though. He is a little banged up, so... 
And I know having lower back issues, I don't like taking cortisone shots regularly. How's his fight IQ? How is his fight IQ? Anyway, couldn't tell you. My last play. You said you weren't playing the Cowboys, but I will ride them for you. The Cowboys plus four and a half at the Eagles Sunday night. I think Cowboys can win this game. Dak is unlikely to play, which I think is a good thing, even though I like him long term more than more than Rush. They, you know, let's keep the Kool Aid flowing. Um, I just think the D- Dallas defense is playing with so much confidence. The whole team so much confidence. I think they keep it close. Philly has a bye the following week. Um, I just don't think they're going to be undefeated when they get there. I think the Cowboys might might give them some trouble. They looked great early against Arizona, but sort of hung on. So to me, the Sunday night game, I'm going to take those points. Uh, I think it's close either way. Cowboys plus four and a half. All right, you've seen a decided shift in focus from my guy here going with the underdogs. So we'll see if it uh, it pays dividends in week six. I'm excited. Going into week five, it was just like cover your eyes and hope for the best. We'll take that 2-2-1 two, two, and one every day of the week. And 14-10-1, uh, and one, I didn't check the circus standings. Probably not great, but better to be four games above than below. Exactly. All right, well, we appreciate you all joining us today. Dude, I hope your kids get better. Go take care of your kids. Please check out all the great content at thehammer.bet, thehammer.bet. Quickly, just to remind you, pregame, 20 minutes before the primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, go to thehammer.bet. They got live shows Thursday, Andrew Walker, Joey Knish, Sunday, Rob Pizzola, Fabian Summer, and Monday, Pizzola again, and Eric Eager. Please subscribe to Annex Squared YouTube channel. You can check it out at Boston Annex. Link in my profile for the great Zach Phillips producing and my man. John Anik, I'm Jason Anik. We'll see you next week on Anik Squared.